0: By emailing us at info at the church of Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting the church at slash give.
1: We got a special guest for you today, Mr. Bobby Moore. Um, Bobby became my best friend very quickly on the <laughs> first mission trip I had been on in many years this last summer. I left the Miami, Florida airport with normal food and normal lights and normal-looking people and got off the plane in Some place that didn't look anything like that and there was Roosters and chickens and AK-47s everywhere and I was (laughs) like, oh Lord And then I met Bobby Waiting outside with a van full of Pizza Hut pizza and I thought there is a God hallelujah and so um, he is an incredible man of God. And I'm telling you, if you ever go overseas, he's the guy you want to be with. So give a West Texas warm welcome to Mr. Bobby Moore.
2: Good morning. Good morning to you guys online. Um, some of you are in Dallas headed back this way. So we just want to welcome you. Uh, my mom is probably watching and Possibly my wife as well, so I' just say hello to them real quick also it is i I travel um, to different countries pretty much once a month, and so when i speak i don't I don't have all this kind of stuff like this was pretty amazing, you know Charlie just makes it appear, and you know it's ready to go and so I just, I just want you guys uh, before you leave today uh, to tell the team that makes this happen from Behind the scenes, thank you, because I've walked through the different production booths and things like that, and it's just amazing. I mean, most of the time I'm showing up and there's a tree, and I get to stand under the shade or, or things like that. When I first uh, did my very first sermon, uh, you know, back when I went to church uh, in my home church, we had this pulpit that was huge, massive, big, and I had to have a milk carton to stand up on. Uh, for that. And so, so it's just amazing how we've changed. But what happens is the people that make this happen behind the scenes, just please tell them uh, thank you. So last night, I'm checking into my hotel over off Asansi. And as I walk into the hotel, uh, the lady tells me I have no rooms. And I was like, well, I booked it. I paid for it on hotels.com. And here's the confirmation number well, I'm sorry, sir, but we've given away all the rooms. And I was like, I'm going to be baby Jesus tonight, sleeping in somebody's barn or something. And so anyhow, they they ended up getting it set up to where um, she ended up having some rooms and and I was able to get in uh, like that. But a lot of times, as you've been seeing some of these pictures going on behind me, Uh, I spend a lot of times going to church in places like this in Africa. And this happens to be in Kenya and we were drilling water wells there. So what CRF does is we sponsor kids and we also drill water wells. And every time we drill a water well, we end up sending a team around behind to start planting a church. And so we're able to continue to not only give them water so that they can be there, but we also give them living water as well. And so we were going to Samburu, which is one of the areas where um, we, were, we were drilling. And, and it took us eight hours to get from where we were going to uh, the place we spent the night. We spent the night there. Then Sunday rolled around and we had another three hours to go. Well, about an hour and a half in, we stop at the last outpost because we're about to go into an area that is just wild. And so we stop at the outpost, and me, being the way I am, I'm thinking we're stopping to get snacks. I'm thinking we're this is the last buckies, you know. And so I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, or I guess here it's toot and totem or whatever that. Is. And so you know, and so I'm sitting here thinking that we're stopping for that, and they tell me no, we're waiting on our police escort. And I was like, okay. So about that time this jeep comes passing around us and has people in the back and I don't really pay much attention and we, we take off. Now, I had just recently watched the show 1886. And right that last outpost, they begin on the Oregon Trail and it becomes very wild. And so we're driving through the Rift Valley and on these cliffs, I'm sitting there thinking, That's a great place for a cattle rustler to sit. That's a great place for somebody to come charging out at me. And I'm in the van now, and I'm thinking, we're about to have to go. I mean, we're just about to have to take care of ourselves. These police that are with us are great, but we're going to have to take care of ourselves. And then it hit me. I'm in the van by the door. I'm the first line of defense. And I'm thinking, if they come, I'm swinging this door open. Now, you don't know me but I was trained in karate. So I was replaying all in my mind, all the moves I knew, and I was just prepared. If somebody came, I was gonna be the first line of defense and I was gonna protect us. So I thought what my sensei, Mr. Miyagi, taught me. (laughs) Wax on, wax off. And I was ready. We end up getting there and we get to the place and we, we pull in. And jumps out of the back of the jeep are two guys with big automatic weapons, and they said we lost fifty police officers here just recently, so we're here to make sure that that you guys are going to be okay for church. We go in and we're sitting around and we're um, looking, and one of the men notices that it's just men and children in the church, and he said, "Where are all the women?" And they said they haven't returned yet from getting out and having to go fill the water jugs for the day. And just about 100, feet, 100 yards from the, the church where we were meeting, our drilling rig was at work. And the video that you saw just a minute ago was a couple of days later after we finally hit water and all those people could just bring their jugs to there and didn't have to worry about walking miles and miles, but only had to walk a few feet. And so now the people can be a part and be, be there for church and, and make an impact in their community and not have to spend so much time, but spend more time with their families and not going after water, water and searching for that. But at another location, this little boy would get sent out every day with a cup, and a little yellow bowl. And so he had these two cups that he would go out and his mom would send him out every day. And one of the the men that were there talking with the drilling team said, why does that little boy carry two cups? And they said, well, he takes one to get water and one to get food. And some days he doesn't get them filled. Can you imagine sending your child out with two cups and saying, I hope somebody can help you? You see, what happens is we are surrounded in this world by people who are hurting. And we've got to learn to start seeing those needs that are out there. You know, Jesus Jesus in John chapter five, it's the story where the man's paralyzed at the well. And he's sitting at the, the well of Bethesda and Bethesda has some special powers that, that they say the angel would stir the water and whoever could get into that water, they would be healed. And if they were healed, then, you know, they, they were the first one in and everybody else missed out. This guy had been sitting there for 38 years and Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And look what he says. He says, do you want to get well? And the response is, sir, I can't because I don't have anyone to help me get in the pool. And when I try, somebody comes along and pushes me out of the way. And so he misses his chance because he's pushed out of the way and no one's there to help him. Jesus that day does a miracle and tells him to get up and walk because there's going to be hope for him. He's going to be able to go. He's going to be able to live. And he does. He's no longer stuck waiting 38 years. In the Philippines, I was there one time, and as as we're sitting there, uh, there's this little boy just sitting on a mat. And he just has his hand out, and he's just begging. and, And he's just asking for money, and he just sits on this mat. And I'm thinking, I've got a few pesos I could give them to him. And the director who was with me, he could see what my face was saying. And he was like, Bobby, don't give that kid money. And I was like, what? I said, well, we're going to have breakfast. I'm going to at least buy him breakfast. So I ended up buying him some pancakes. And I I took them out to him. and, And he took them, looked at them, jumped up, and took off running. And I thought, oh, man, that kid is happy he's going to go share his pancakes. By the time I got back to my seat where I was having breakfast and looked outside, there was a little girl sitting on that same mat. And what was happening, those two children and more were in child slavery. And any money that they got or anything that they got, they had to run around the corner and give it to their slave owner. They had no hope. They were in bondage for however many years that they have. Just like when Jesus showed up to the paralyzed man and says, Do you want to get well? There's children, there's people in our communities and around the globe that are asking to get well. And they're looking for someone to stand in their place. And it's time for us as a church, as people to see the need around us. Now, my wife, she laughs at me all the time because I talk to myself. I mean, I will sit and look in the mirror and I will just have this full on conversation or I will be walking around the house and I'll, I'll do this and I'll be making faces and things like that. And my wife will be like, who are you talking to? And I'll be like, ah, I'm talking, you know, I'm, I'm working this out. And so she just laughs at me. But about three weeks ago, I'd had this request, request, request for over three years from one of our groups in El Salvador. And I'm just having this conversation with myself and with God and just going, what are we going to do about this? And I mean, it's just like God whacked me in the head. And he was like, you need to send a message to this guy. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. And so... I ended up getting ready, finished getting ready. I went down, I sat down, I pulled up my Instagram and I opened my Instagram and Instagram messenger popped up. There was a message from that guy who said, I was just thinking about you, getting ready to do my end of the year giving and I just wanted to make sure that I I knew what you needed to be able to help. I was like, what? I sent him a message back and I was like, you're not gonna believe this. I've been wrestling for three years on where, how, who could help. And I finally just stopped and listened to the Lord. And the Lord put your name on my heart to send a message to, but he had already beat me to it because he had you send me a message. And he wrote back and he was like, how much do you need? And where do I send the check? Man, he saw the need. He didn't know exactly what it was, but he was like, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing. I'm going to see the need. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do what's going on for the Lord. All of us know about what's going on in the Ukraine right now. And several months back, I was over at the border of Romania and the Ukraine, and we were just we were visiting different refugee locations. And as we're in these locations, we're just helping out however we can. But as we were driving by, we we turned down, we drive past this road, and our director says, "Down that road is the border to the Ukraine." He said, "Do you want to drive down there?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's go." And so we back up, we come down this road and he, we get about a quarter of the way down to the border and he stops the car, puts it in park, turns around and he looks at me and he says, Bobby, whatever you do, we are not crossing the border. It's like, okay, 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 we're not. So we get there, we go, we, we look around and there's just refugees coming off this boats left and right, they're coming across the river and they're just coming in and we're looking around and we're trying to figure out who, who's in charge. And there's people helping and they've got a a tent set up and they're giving some food. And so we end up going into one of these tents and say, how can we help? And they said, just sign your name. And they gave us a vest. And so we walked with this sweet 96 year old lady who had traveled over 24 hours in the car and went through 26 checkpoints. And when we got her Over there, we got them some coffee, some soup. We got them taken care of. And she just was covered in sores. And they were cleaning her sores and she was just screaming and screaming and screaming. And it's just one of those horrible sounds. We've got to see the needs. You know, but sometimes seeing the need, we've got to also got to do a little bit more, We got to have something else. You know, in Luke chapter five, it talks about Jesus was teaching and he was at a house and it was full and people were all over. And four guys, they were there to be able to help their friend who was unable to walk. And so they carry him and they bring him and they they take him to the door. But they couldn't get in. And so what did they do? They climbed to the roof. And as they got on the roof, they began to break their way in to the roof. And as they would get in, they lowered this man to the feet of Jesus. And look what Jesus says. Jesus says, seeing their faith. Jesus saw their faith and he healed the man. Because they were willing to say, I'm gonna take this to Jesus. I'm gonna put this at his feet. Jesus saw their faith and healed the man. You see, when we see the need, we've gotta also realize that where there's a sense of urgency. Now, I don't know if, I can really explain sense of urgency, but sense of urgency for me is like, have you ever come, when you're coming back from Dallas and stopped at that rest stop, and there's a rest stop that there between here and Amarillo, and when you get out, there's a big sign that says, watch for rattlesnakes. I hate snakes. Hate them. Scare me to death. I mean, even the little ones. I had just am not a snake guy. I'll tell you how bad I'm afraid of snakes. When I was in college, I went to school in Arkansas. I grew up in Arkansas. I grew up in the middle of Rice fields, So you'd think snakes are no big deal. But, you know, I hate them. We were in college and we were going hiking in the middle of the night, some of the college guys. And I made one of the guys carry me around on his back like Yoda. I was like, I am your Yoda. And so, I mean, he was just like carrying me the entire time. Well, I saw this sign, watch for rattlesnakes. And so my urgency went up. I mean, I was ready. I was paying attention. I was walking to the restroom, not only because I needed the restroom, but I was ready. I was like this. Now I was making sure I was not going to see a rattlesnake. About that same time behind me, was this lady who was getting out with one of them little white Pomeranian dogs or whatever they are, you know, fluffy all over. And it had a leash that was a chain. And she brought that dog and at some point from behind me, she lowered that leash enough to where it graded across the cement. And when it graded across the cement, it made a rattle sound. And you would have thought I had met Jesus. I mean, I was like walking on water. I mean, I was like high stepping to the bathroom. I was in a hurry. If the, if the band director A Florida A&M would have been there that day. I would have gotten a four-year scholarship because I was scared. And that's what I'm talking about, in urgency. Are we looking at wanting to help people with that kind of urgency? Are we moving to help people? Or do we see the need and we just, that's somebody else's problem. That's somebody else's issue to deal with. I've got enough going on. God, don't talk to me about seeing urgency. But you guys, this church are making an impact and we wanna say thank you. You know, this first picture of, is a backpacks that the kids received in Campamento, Honduras because of you. Now this, what you do by filling these backpacks allows the group in Campamento to take the money they normally spend on backpacks and use that to buy more food, to help more children, to build more things at the schools. This is such an impact that you're making. This next thing that you also have been helping us with is you poured floors. You went on two mission trips and you you poured floors for families. Now, some of you may be like, I don't understand what pouring a floor does. You see, when these families are living on dirt floors, when they end up pouring a new floor, then they're able to clean the floor. The child's sickness goes way down because they're now able to take the bacteria that's on the dirt, they're able to clean that. Also, the other thing it does is it gives self-worth to these families. These families now say, wow, and they start investing and doing more things around their house, and it gives them a sense of pride. I don't know how many times I've heard someone come up in their conversation and say, we never would have been able to pay for the bags of concrete to have a cement floor, but you guys helped us out. That's usually $500 to $800 for a concrete floor. We spend that on TVs. And this changes their life. It makes their kids be better, more healthy. And so thank you, thank you for coming. And some of you are gonna be coming again in March and in June to be with us again. So thank you for that. The other thing that we were able to do is hang out with the kids in a VBS at the school. And so they get to do that. You guys know Caden, there's this uh, beautiful camera with Mario right there. He, he trained Mario to, to be a photographer. And so Mario was able to do that. There's Justin there tying off bracelets and it's just an opportunity to be in the lives with children, it's such an amazing time. But I also wanna say thank you to the children's ministry here because at the VBS this last year, actually, you see the the school right up here in the top. This next picture I want you to look at is down here in the bottom. And so this building is being built with the funds that your children's ministry raised this summer. Over $3,000 your children brought and are blessing these kids. That one room, was one, the one classroom was what they had for 70 children, kindergarten through sixth grade. And now they're gonna be able to split them in half because of what your children are doing. They see the urgency, they sense the urgency, and they are moving to make an impact. But the most important thing that you do is praying over the families. When you go and be apart and you're just there and just laying hands on these sweet families and just encouraging them, I go back and they ask me, do you remember such and such? They were on a trip a couple of years ago you become lifelong friends and families. Pastor Jeff is over in the Mesa Verde area right now with the new church. And, you know, but last week he talked about Isaiah 54 and he talked about stretching our tent and expanding, you know, who we could fit under the tent to be in there with us. And he, 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 you know, he went, for seven different locations. And then finally, the eighth location was the place. But here's what's crazy, is the pastor from the other church shows up where he's having breakfast an hour after he's there and they're able to have the conversation and God starts to move. God puts things together, he pieces it together and we've gotta be there. Luke 19 talks about Jesus walking down the street. And as he's walking down the street, there's this little bitty man. We all know the song. We all have it going on in our head right now. And so, you know, we know Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. And so he, you know, what did he do? He climbed up in a sycamore tree. I mean, we know the story. But look what it says in Luke 19. Right here it says, When Jesus reached the spot, when Jesus reached the spot he was supposed to do ministry at, that day, that time, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. No miracle. He's just going to stay at his house. He goes and he hangs out in his house with Zacchaeus. And what does Zacchaeus do? He gives away half his wealth. He says, anybody I cheated, I'm gonna give them back. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, salvation comes to the house of the Lord today. He came to the house of Zacchaeus to bless him. Here's what I want you to look at. When Jesus reached the spot, God's putting spots in front of you every single day for you to make an impact. Look what the next thing says. Jesus, he looked up. He looked up. That I think will preach more in the United States than anything else right now. You know why? Because this is how we live our life most of the time. My daughter's 15, ninth grade, so you know, you're in the middle of all that ninth grade girl thing. But being a ninth grade girl is hard, right? I mean, I wasn't, a big sports guy. I wasn't very good. And so I just, you know, I, I survived high school. And my daughter, you know, she's, she's doing her thing. And she and I the other day were having a conversation about, I love Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence Others. And I was talking to her about that. And I was saying, when you are talking to someone, you've got to be invested in them. You've got to listen to them. You've got to be a part of their life. So you've got to get your face out of the phone. Simon Sinek says that if you even have your phone facing up when you're talking to someone, they feel like you'll be distracted. It's time for us to listen to where God is putting us in the spot And it's time for us to look up and sense the urgency. And when we sense the urgency, then it's time for us to step up and seize our opportunity. Because when we seize the opportunity, then that's when we can change someone's life. Now, when Pastor Jeff was talking about the tent and he was talking about stretching it out, who are we putting in with us? But think of it this way. Have you ever been caught in one of these Amarillo rainstorms and then these big old drops are coming down like missiles and you're like taking off to whatever cover you can get under and you go and you like get under there. And so anybody that's on the street is coming to that same location, to that same little place and you start fitting everybody in. I mean, look at us today, we're spaced out, but I guarantee you if it was pouring down rain on these two sides, we would all be right here and we would squeeze people in. We become human Tetris. I mean, we're like moving and nobody says a word. You just make yourself move like, oh, there's some space I can get there. And I mean, we're picking up our kids. We're putting them on our shoulders. We make room when we feel, when we feel that there's an urgency. When we're trying to stop someone getting rained on. Have you ever been in one of those hotels that has like 20 floors and you know, the elevator's slower than molasses. You know what I'm talking about. You get on and, and you are not going to hold up anybody else from getting on. You're like, we can squeeze you in, come on. You're picking up luggage. You get people in there. Why is it we can be urgently getting people out of the rain, getting people onto an elevator, but we struggle with the urgency of getting people to know how much God loves them? Do not be afraid. Jesus showed up in Zacchaeus' house and salvation came there. Jesus is putting spots in front of you all day long. Look up. Look up and see who's in front of you. you've got to seize that opportunity. Now, this group that was on the mission trip this summer, we went out to Roatan for a couple of days and that's a a little beach town there in Honduras. And as we were there, we're eating dinner at this restaurant and Paxton is like, sees this guy from Germany who's on the second level of the restaurant jumping into the water. And Paxton's like, I got to do that. <laughs> and so he sits there, but he's having to convince himself. And I'm sitting next to him and he's in, eating like crab and, you know, it's going all over the place. And, but he's sitting there thinking and he's like, I got to do this. And so finally, the next thing I know, I see Paxton next to me taking off his shirt and going and getting on the ledge with this guy from Germany who he just met, just saw, and he's like, let's do it. And I'm thinking, you have no idea. Maybe this restaurant feeds the scraps to an eight-foot bull shark that sits under there. I mean, you're just going to jump in. And he climbed up there, and he jumped in, and he did it. And, you know, the whole time, he's like, I don't know. My shorts will be wet. You know, I mean, he's arguing with himself. (laughs) And he did it. But we do the same thing. We make excuses when God puts somebody in our way and an opportunity is there. We do. God, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to share my faith. God doesn't need you to know a bunch of steps. God needs you to sit with people and listen. So Paxton comes back up and he does it again. Why? Because he enjoyed it. It's the same for us. When we seize opportunity God puts in front of us, we're gonna wanna do it again. And we're gonna be like, God, show me one more spot. Where can I stretch my tent? Where can I reach out? In my gym, there's this, I don't know, there's this machine. It's crazy. They say, if you stand on it, and it shoots these red lights at you, it'll shake you. And it says that you can lose weight doing that. And I'm thinking, give me a year's worth of that membership. I'll stand around in a salt shaker all day long, you know? I mean, so I'm standing there, and I'm, and it's like shaking me, and my teeth are rattling, and I'm like... I'm not going to be like The Rock, you know? Or I'm going to be like Paxton, because I've seen that guy without a shirt. (laughs) And I'm telling you, we can't just sit in a spot and let our faith be exercised. It's going to require me to go to the other part of the gym and use other machines for me to actually get there. Pastor Jeff talks about this place being the big church and you being the little church, and it's time for us to exercise. It's time for us to move. This picture right here is my friend Barnabas. He's a preacher up in one of the areas where we're drilling water wells. He wrote me an email and he says, Bobby, I only took seven chairs. I'm gonna stop right there because I know some of you are gonna start counting. There's nine chairs up there. So you can come back here for a second. Nine chairs, and so he's got one for himself, one for the guy that's helping him, and seven other chairs, hoping seven people are gonna show up for church first time under the tree. Over 30 people show up, sit under the tree, and after two weeks, they did a baptismal service, and over 10 people accepted Christ in that community. So many times we just show up with lack of faith of seven chairs when God's got so much more in store for us. It's time for us to see the need and it's time for us to seize that opportunity. Sophia is a little seven, eight-year-old girl in the Ukraine, and Sophia is just as cute as could be, but you could tell she is scared because her entire life had gotten changed, destroyed, messed up, and she was living in this dormitory that was connected to a military school. And in the military school, the, every day the, the students who were high school age would come out and they would just stand at attention And Sophia would come out, and she would go down the line, and she would hug every one of them. She just went through the line, hugging, hugging, hugging. Eventually, one of the guys said to her, why do you come out and hug us every day? And she said, for the first time since I left home, I feel safe. church you're that soldier let's look for the spots God's calling us to do ministry let's pray Father we come before you now shake us stir us move us To get up and get going shake the phones and our schedules out of our hands to look up and to see where you've put us in a spot to do ministry so God we just boldly proclaim before you now that we're not going to just see the need but we're going to do as well in Jesus name Today, you have an opportunity as well to come and pray with the leaders that are down here. We've talked about the backpack drive. There's two opportunities as well for you to be a part of that. There's children that need to be sponsored. They need to be saved from those mats. They need hope. And you guys can provide that. So let us just take time